Hi there, people. Welcome back to the Nicholas Comics Q&A. You know what time it is. It's time once again to take an interesting two-hour discussion uh, with yours truly, Nicholas Cicada, here on the Nicholas Comics Discord server. Uh, that was the Steve Miller Band with Take the Money and Run, one of the finest crime ballad staples of the 70s. Uh, that said... The discussion this week concerns the spicy drama that took place last night as several players of the Hypnagogic Archives ARG uh, got upset over my position on Eric Andre. Uh, I find it kind of strange that I haven't mentioned Eric Andre before now on the q and I, I may have uh, in passing reference, uh, but just... So every, everyone's clear on what my position on Eric Andre is. I think he is one of the least funny, untalented, boring, predictable, lame-sauce comedians uh, today. Uh, not, the mo not, not the least talented comedian, but uh, definitely in, like, the top 20, um, I would say. And, uh, you know, I, I, I expect this... I have in the past been lambasted for my outspoken stance on popular stuff, like when I speak out against SpongeBob or Rick and Morty or 1984 or the Bible. Um, a lot of people get pissy about, oh, Nick, you can't dislike this popular thing that I like. Uh, with Eric Andre, I think it's really funny because... The guy is just a walking cringe carnival, just just a full-on cringe catastrophe. And, uh, you know, I, I do think it's very, like, sad that uh, pe people don't agree with me on my take, but that is what I'd expect. And, you know, I, I fully am for everyone having their own take. Um, I just happen to view media objectively. Because when you get right down to it, what is the point of media analysis, study, or critique uh, if not to determine what makes a movie good and what makes a movie bad? I, I, have, been, I have been, you know, my, my stance on evaluating media objectively has been somewhat controversial. Uh, let me explain. There are certain things that comedians can do to make you laugh. Like, real stand-up comedians, real talented guys, you know. Like, people who've spent their entire life in the profession and really give their all. They meticulously vet their routines before they walk out on stage so as to achieve the maximum effect possible from an audience. That requires talent. At the same time, it, understand, it, it, it requires a deep understanding of human psychology. That is, what we perceive to be funny... The same goes if you're making a horror movie. Uh, you have to determine what the audience will find scary. Neurology is a big component of that, and there's an entire branch of science dedicated to studying the relationship between the way we perceive art and the way our brains are wired. Uh, but I guess a lot of people don't seem to understand that. Now, I'm not saying that there are some people who wouldn't find a given comedy funny or wouldn't find a given horror movie scary. There are always outliers in any set of data. What I'm saying is that, objectively, you can fine-tune something. You can fine-tune a piece of art or a piece of media 
to achieve the maximum effect if you know what you're doing as far as psychology goes to have the maximum effect on a group of people uh, and by that same token you can make a really good movie it's really good and I just don't understand what it is about subjectivity that everyone is so into. It essentially denies the impact a piece of media can have on, on someone's mental state, you know, which I think is, is to diminish the effort and accomplishments that go into creating a really fine-tuned piece of media. And I suppose that's the sort of nihilistic mindset that leads one into Eric Andre. Now... Uh, and another point which has been raised, which I find very stupid and repetitive, I've been told this a million times by now. Nick, how can you talk about things you haven't watched when you criticize people for talking about your comics without reading them? Here, here's here. See, there's a thing I call. Uh, there, there's a thing I call adequate coverage. Okay, right. If a piece of media has adequate coverage. You don't need to watch it to understand the basic gist of it. So when I say that people were, you know, shitting on college buddies without reading it, what I actually mean is people were shitting on college buddies without even the slightest idea of what the series was about. Because there are no articles on college buddies online. There are no video analysis of it. There are no breakdowns of its plot, no summaries, no quick synopses for people who, you know, might be interested in the comic but aren't interested in buying the full thing. You know, they want to get a little exposure to it beforehand. There are no, there are no videos about it, no articles about it. Um, so when I say that people talked about my comics without understanding them, I don't mean they talked about my comics without reading them, because you can read something and not understand it, and you can understand something without reading it. It is possible. I don't just hold myself to this standard, of course. I think that you can, you can absolutely talk about something without watching it or reading it or engaging with it at all. Uh, the Hypnagogic Archive is a great example of that. You know, there's two hour-long videos hour-long breakdowns of it and if someone just wants to watch Windigoon's videos on my on hypnagogic archive that's perfectly all right that person i would trust their opinion on hypnagogic archive even though the theories Windigoon puts forth aren't completely correct and you know it's not like the full picture it gives a basic enough idea to the point where if someone had just seen those two videos and hadn't watched or read any hypnagogic archive content if I was a third-party neutral observer, I'd probably trust what they had to say on the subject. Now, I'm all for engaging with media, but, like, you can't expect me to watch every fucking episode of the Eric Andre show just to prove to myself or something that I like Eric Andre. If I watched every episode of the Eric Andre show, I'd still hate Eric Andre as much as I do now, probably more so. Uh, like... Yeah, you have to get right. Eric Andre isn't some, like, obscure, unheard-of fucking, you know, like, niche guy. He's a fucking celebrity who, like, everyone knows. And I just think it's absurd, like, to, to posit that you wouldn't know what the Eric Andre show is about if you haven't watched the Eric Andre. I know what the Eric Andre show is. It's just a fucking shitty parody of a late-night talk show with Eric Andre and Hannibal Burris. And Eric Andre does wacky, goofy shit 
to make the celebrities uncomfortable. That's the premise of the show. I get it. Tied up in a neat little package. That's all I need to know. Fuck it. It sounds fucking stupid. And you know, I've I've been accused of being dishonest about the the subject or dancing around the topic. So just for the record, just for clarity's sake here, I'm going to come right out and say it. If you like Eric Andre or you think Eric Andre is funny, you might have caca for brains. But, you know, that's your right and privilege to have noodles in the flippin' noggin. You know, to be crazy in the coconut. And I won't think any lesser of you if you are, but you are, you know, batshit nuts. That's okay. I, I could really care less if you have shitty taste in comedy. Uh, whatever. It, it's really insignificant to, to me as far as it goes. Uh, I just don't... I, Eric Andre just isn't funny. He fucking sucks. I've never seen a comedian with less talent who's more of a dipshit than Mr. Andre. Now, everyone says I'm old-fashioned for this, but I like comedians like Chris Rock or Adam Sandler or, you know... Uh, Kristen Wiig, or, like, John Mulaney. And everyone says I, I, I just hate modern comedy, which isn't the case. I like John Mulaney, and by, you know, standards, uh, he's, a, he's a relatively modern comedian. Like, a lot of young people like the guy, and I like the guy. Because he's not a fucking pretentious dipshit. Like all these fucking morons on Adult Swim. I've said this before, I mentioned this, but you can go to your local comedy club right now and I guarantee you'll see like five guys who are way funnier than Tim Heidecker or Eric Wareheim. I fucking guarantee it. And you know, like, I'm just an advocate for small-scale comedy because that's where the actual innovation happens. There are stand-up comics who try so hard to nail their formula down, nail their routine down. Stand-up comedy takes an insane amount of dedication and, and appliance, you know, to the craft. It looks easy, you know. I'm sure there are a lot of people who just assume that going out on stage and telling a bunch of jokes is probably a snap. But, like, every stand-up comedian, every good one anyway, really puts in a lot of time and effort. And to think that Eric Andre is just, like, the most well-known comedian, that's sad. That's pathetic. Is He just sucks. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, everyone says that when I, when I talk about something I haven't seen, uh, I, I give an inaccurate representation of it. Uh, oftentimes I find inaccurate representations of something funnier because they're more exaggerative, more hyperbolic, more zany, if you will. So here's my interpretation of how an episode of the Eric Andre show goes, okay? So Brad Pitt comes in, and Eric Andre is like, Hey, Brad. And Brad Pitt's like, Oh, hey, Eric, what's up? Okay. And then Eric Andre's like, Brad, you, you had a miscarriage. And Brad Pitt's like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. I, I'm not pregnant. And then Eric's like, don't, don't shit us, Brad. You had a miscarriage. And then Hannibal Buress goes, Oh my gosh, Eric. You're so funny. And then the whole audience claps. That's how I see an episode of the Eric Andre show going right there. Uh, Eric Andre's one talent that he puts to use, the talent, is just that he 
says things to celebrities that are fake, you know, and I've been criticized for being a huge fan of Adam Sandler, uh, just because he's a 90s SNL alumni, and what with the 90s being probably the best era of SNL, I trust Adam Sandler to be a funny guy, you know, because he spent his entire life being in, like, really funny movies. And if you dunk on Adam Sandler, that's fine. Just don't expect me to take you seriously or, you know, pretend like you, you know what funny is, because you obviously don't. Adam Sandler is one of the funniest men alive today, truly disciplined to his craft, and if you don't like his movies, you just don't know what actual humor constitutes. See, there's two types of comedy. There's the disingenuous bullshit type, like what Eric Andre pulls, which is, for the most part, just hipster shit. Where he's like, I'm making a profound statement on on society. This is a social experiment. You know, the, the foosy tube fucking Jake Paul type approach. Uh, then you have the actual, like, funny approach, like Adam Sandler, where he's not a pretentious dipshit. He's just like, I'm gonna make funny faces for two hours and make funny voices and do a fucking funny dance. And you're gonna laugh and have a good time. And if you're incapable of laughing at Adam Sandler, you're just not fun. So, you know, that could kind of explain it. People are like, I'm I'm too old for Adam Sandler. I watch Eric Andre now. But one thing I find funny is that, like, Eric Andre is guilty of doing everything Adam Sandler is always accused of doing. Like, recently, Eric Andre was in a Verizon phone commercial where he shills a fucking phone plan. Everyone's like, oh no, not our boy Eric, he's a sellout, he's a, he's a, he's sold out, oh no, he, he, he's selling us a product on a commercial. Everyone shits on Adam Sandler for, like, the Subway product placement or the McDonald's product placement or whatever in his movies, it's the same shit, except Adam Sandler works those brands into his movies in such a humorous and entertaining way, like, the, the Eric Andre Ver Verizon phone commercial is just boring as fuck. He just talks into his phone and, and talks about how great this phone plan is. It's utterly devoid of humor. I don't even know how anyone could say Eric Andre is a comedian. He's just like a provocateur. All he does is go around and pretend like he's broken his leg or whatever, and he has, like, a fucking fake Halloween decoration sticking out of it. It's pathetic. And what's even more pathetic is the fact that most of the Eric Andre show is completely staged, which defeats the purpose of a prank show, because in a prank show, I'm there to watch the candid reactions of people getting pranked. If it's all arranged, you know, ahead of time, and the celebrities know exactly what they're getting into, there's no point to it. It... it, it it, it, it's pointless. That's a fucking awful prank show. There's no difference between Eric Andre and the assholes in those fucking YouTube prank compilations number 551, you know, go up to girls and they're like, Hey, do you want to punch me or kiss me? And then the, you know, the girl is like, I'll punch you. And then he gets, like, the shit beat out of him. You know, that it's just, like, it's, it's pathetic behavior. What it, all Eric Andre does is just go around and be a little nuisance, be a little dipshit, you know. But I like, like, real comedians, like, like you know, Chris Rock, who, like, tell jokes. All Eric Andre does is, like, hey, 
I'm eating my arm, you know, and I'll have, like, a fake arm. And I'll be saying this to, like, you know, some celebrity, like, James Earl Jones will be there. And Eric Andre's like, hey, I'm eating my arm. And James Earl Jones is like, no, you're not eating your arm, Eric. And Eric Andre has the fake arm. You know, it's made out of, like, Tootsie Rolls or something. And he's like, I'm eating my arm. Isn't this funny? Everyone always dumps on Adam Sandler for his quote-unquote immature humor. You know, like, yeah, maybe it's not highbrow. You know, it's not abstract. But I, I really see, like, no difference between Adam Sandler telling a joke about, you know, his, his, his like... I really don't see any difference between the average Adam Sandler routine and, like, Tim and Eric talking about their fucking man nipples and how they get man milk out of it. The the only difference, of course, being that Adam Sandler's jokes are much more grounded and well-executed and don't have a bunch of Adobe Flash shit going off in the background. I think without the editing, Tim and Eric would be, like, really boring. I realize that I don't hate any Adult Swim show. I just hate the network and the culture it engenders. It's a terrible fucking network. I fucking hate Adult Swim with a passion. With a vengeance. It gets a toxic fucking network. I haven't seen another network with as many simps. You don't see everyone chomping at the bit to defend, like, Showtime. I have no idea why this cable channel gets so much fucking clout and so many fervent, you know, adherents. It's like a cult. Like a weird fucking cult. Uh, it, it's the culture I, I dislike. You know, the the presentation of the explicitly mainstream as countercultural, I find that it, it's disingenuous. It's fake. Like, Eric Andre is not the counterculture. He's the mainstream. And by saying I like Adam Sandler movies, what I'm doing is I'm actually being incredibly counterculture. I'm going against the fucking grain. I'm taking the bullet for Mr. Sandler because I think uh, Adam Sandler... You know, I, I trust the SNL alumni who is in comedy sketches alongside, like, really funny and talented people like Phil Hartman and Chris Farley more than I trust the fucking hipster neckbeard, you know, who just goes around and pretends like he's bleeding or whatever. It, it's so pathetic and sad and annoying, and there are better ways to be funny. Like telling jokes, for instance. There, there's a, there's an approach I don't see many of these Adult Swim celebrities take. Just like telling jokes, you know. Pretty basic approach, I know, but it can work wonders to make people laugh at you. So you know, again, uh, it's a controversial opinion. People are like, oh, you, and it's the same people who are like, yeah, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yet when I express my opinion about how Adam Sandler is fucking hilarious and Eric Andre sucks sucks serious salami, you know, people are like, oh, you can't express those opinions because we don't agree with those opinions. Here's the thing, when forming my opinions, I don't listen to anyone else's opinions. Even if Adam Sandler himself told me, hey, I really like Eric Andre, I wouldn't give a shit. I'd still hate Eric Andre because my opinions are my own. And I don't care if hundreds of people, hundreds of thousands of people out there like Eric Andre. I don't like Eric Andre. I think he's fucking trash. I think his, his routines 
are the fucking worst. And, you know, there's nothing anyone can do to change that. But it's really not that big a deal when you get right down to it. Because if you're not Eric Andre, guess what? You don't need to be personally offended when someone attacks Eric Andre. Because you're not him. Now, if you actually base your own self-worth on, on someone else like that, like, that's really sad, you know? I don't base my own self-worth on Adam Sandler, so... I don't know why everyone just is like, oh no, you can't diss Eric Andre. Prepare to prepare to get punked. You know, it, it's like so pathetic and sad. I don't get it. I don't get the culture of just like defending these people who are shit at their jobs. It's Eric Andre's job to make me laugh, but he hasn't ever made me laugh. He was in uh, he was in Jackass Forever, you know, and I watched that. I saw that in the theaters. And the two worst parts of Jackass Forever was a part with Machine Gun Kelly and the part with uh, Eric Andre, because Eric Andre's style of comedy is inherently disingenuous. He's an insincere liar, whereas the Jackass guys are about as straightforward as it's possible to get. They're very genuine and very authentic. And so the styles of comedy of Eric Andre and the Jackass guys just don't really mesh that well. Um, you know, because Eric Andre just pretends to get hurt, whereas the Jackass guys actually get hurt, you know. That's why you watch a Jackass movie, not because they're inherently funny. They're not that funny. But you watch it because of the dedication they have to their craft, you know, the lengths they're willing to go to. That's what's interesting about the Jackass franchise. Eric Andre, on the other hand, has no dedication. He's a huckster. He's a fraud. He's a he's a smarmy villain. And, like, they clearly just got him and Machine Gun Kelly in there as, like, quick, you know, pay, fucking paychecks. Like, oh, yeah, you know, Machine Gun Kelly's hot with the kids right now, so we'll stuff him in, and Eric Andre's hot with the kids right now, we'll stuff him in. But those were the two worst segments. The best segments of Jackass Forever are just the parts with the Jackass guys, you know, because they're legitimately funny and talented at what they do. Not on the level of, like, Adam Sandler or anything, but like I said, the point of a Jackass movie isn't really the jokes, it's, like, the stunts, you know. Um, but it, it, it's really interesting, because Eric Andre is like the machine gun Kelly of comedians. He is a mainstream sellout. He is about as... Far, he's about as close to that as I think it's possible to get. Uh, but the bit with Machine Gun Kelly where he's like, you know, obviously just there to look cool, and he's in the bike race with Steve-O, and, you know, he's like, oh man, I'm gonna flop Steve-O back into the pool and I'm gonna look so awesome. Uh, but obviously Steve-O uh, manages to thwack MGK. Uh, you know, that, that was... That was interesting because it offers an, a kind of insight into the psyche of a, an egotistical, narcissistic douchebag like uh, Machine Gun Kelly. For Eric Andre, the segment with him was just like he gets popped by the balloon that comes out of the yogurt truck or the ice cream truck or whatever. And like, you know, that's just not as extreme a stunt as you see like Johnny Knoxville doing. Like in Jackass Forever... He gets his fucking neck or spine broken by, by a bull, you know? Like, that's real. That's not a fucking Eric Andre prank. That, that happened. 
now because he actually gives a shit about being entertaining and committing himself to the grind, you know. Johnny Knoxville, fucking legend. I'd like to see Eric Andre get his fucking spine broken by a bull. He's a wuss, you know. He's just a coward. He's just—he's just a—he's just a spineless infant. Like, I don't know who looks at Eric Andre and goes, "Yes, this guy is the face of comedy." He sucks. Uh, but seriously, like, that's just my stance on Eric Andre. If you if you don't agree with it, then whatever. By your own metric, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So I get to shit on Eric Andre to my heart's content. It's my right as an American. If you don't like it, you know, I don't I don't think it's healthy to have comedians who can't stand a little gentle ribbing. You know, can't stand getting poked fun at. Comedy is all about, you know, making fun of each other and pointing out our own inherently human flaws. And if I can't do that to Eric Andre, if he's that much of a stuck-up prick, then really, what's the point? You know, I can say that he looks like the result of a Slim Jim taking a dump, and he can say I look like a sleep-deprived leprechaun. But that's what he would say if he was actually a talented comedian with a bone of integrity in his mindless body he's just not that's my stance on eric andre you know and uh i i i would watch the eric andre show if it was on vhs it wouldn't change my opinion on him at all it'd be exactly what i what i've predicted as being it's gonna be you know freaking angelina jolie comes on and then brad pitt's like look at this i ha i i'm making of, I, I, I'm a vampire. And Angelina Jolie's like, what, what, Eric? No, you're not a vampire. You just have a vampire costume on. And Eric's like, no, really, I'm a, I'm a freaking vampire. Look, I have the cape and the fangs. I'm going to bite your neck now. And Angelina Jolie's like, what, whatever, Eric. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Uh, that's what the show's like. It's fucking boring and predictable and lame. And, uh, yeah. In a nutshell, that's what it is. It's just a, and like I said, the celebrity reactions aren't even real, so there's no point in watching it. It's fake as fuck. It's so contrived and stale and boring, and it's everything wrong with the Adult Swim formula. I think it's really sad that a lot of people have been suckered into thinking that Adult Swim is some kind of alternative shit. You know, and everyone assumes that as an animator, I'm probably a fan of Adult Swim, and I find that offensive because, you know, uh, for one, it's it's a very California-centric company, and I, I have no idea why I'm a fan of that as a Coloradan. They really don't offer a wide range of perspectives. They just offer Californian perspectives for the most part. Just a bunch of Hollywood celebrities patting each other on the back. That's not the sort of thing I'd personally get invested in. Um, everyone says they give small animators a chance, but you know what else gives small animators a chance for like mainstream exposure and success? The fucking internet. We're not in the age anymore where you need to submit your cartoon to a fucking cable network and people will notice it. If it's good and you just put it on YouTube or something, people will notice it. You know, everyone says I'm behind the times because I'm not a fan of Adult Swim. Adult Swim is some outdated 2000 shit. 
I'm ahead of the times. I'm far beyond the curve. I'm looking forward to the 2020s and 2030s. And I don't think Adult Swim is going to survive in today's media landscape. Like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force has been off the air for over a decade. Him and Eric's Awesome Sauce has been off the air for a decade. Rick and Morty is on its last legs, and people are finally starting to come to terms with the fact that Rick and Morty is a giant pile of shit. So, like, Adult Swim really has nothing going for it anymore. You might say, oh, they got smiling friends. Yeah, well, I got college buddies. You know, I think, I think I've kind of outmatched Adult Swim in terms of uh, recognizable and enjoyable properties. But call me nuts. But I dunk on Adult Swim a lot. So if you're not into that, if you're a big fan of Adult Swim, if you really like Eric Andre, you think he's one of the funniest comedians. I think another reason a lot of people like Eric Andre and his fake nonsense bullshit uh, is because they've never seen, like, a, an actual good comedy. Like, I asked one of the fellows last night, you know, uh, maybe you just haven't seen enough comedies, so you don't know what, what, like, what you're missing out on, like, by not watching funnier shit than Eric Andre. They're like, I I'm a fan of the dark comedy subgenre. So then I list a bunch of well, really well-known dark comedies, you know, Throw Mama from the Train Network, Eating Raul, uh, Harold and Maud. And being there, like, and, and seen any of them. And I'm like, how can you speak on dark comedy if you haven't seen any fucking dark comedies? You haven't seen Being There with Terry Chalmers? Like, that is not, like, you can't talk about dark comedy if you haven't seen any dark comedies. You know, I, I can talk about the Eric Andre show because I'm very familiar with, like, every comedy show. I'm familiar with every comedy movie. I've watched so many comedy movies and comedy shows. The genre is one of my faves, you know? But, like, if you haven't seen anything except Eric Andre, you, you can't t speak on, like, comedy. You don't understand comedy. And the examples that this guy cited were, like, Ready or Not, which isn't a dark comedy, it's a horror comedy. Uh, Knives Out. What was the other one? There were three, and they were all from, like, the 2010s, and I'm like, you haven't seen, like, Harold and Maude, or, like, like, there's so many good dark comedies that people know about, but they, they just called Being There, like, a random movie from the 1980s. It's not from the 1980s, it's from the 1970s, but, like, you don't know what a dark comedy is, because you haven't seen any. Yeah, Knives Out, Don't Look Up, and Ready or Not. If that's your only exposure to dark comedies and you haven't seen, like, Eating Raul, then, like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You don't know what a dark comedy is. Have you seen The Burbs with Tom Hanks? No? Okay, then, you don't know what a dark comedy is. Watch some more. Get exposed some more. I think it is, is a lot of people who dislike Eric, or like Eric Andre and dislike Adam Sandler haven't been exposed to enough comedies in the Adam Sandler vein. Like with Adam Sandler's contemporaries, like Dana Carvey. Um, but, you know, this is what I'm talking about. Like, if the only comedy you've ever watched is Chairman of the Board with Carrot Top, you'd probably think it's the funniest comedy ever, because it's the only comedy you've ever seen. 
You have no frame of reference to compare a good comedy to a shit comedy. Like, you can't compare things. I, I draw a lot of flack for the objective approach I take to media analysis and my attempt to, like, categorize films and rate them according to what's good and what's bad. I think that's the purpose of criticism. Uh, to understand what quality entails and to build towards that, to improve. Uh, to improve media. And I, I have a lot of respect for uh, movies and shows and the like. And part of that involves just dunking on Eric Andre and Tim Heidecker and the rest of these washed-up hipster losers so we can get on to, like, an actual renaissance of comedy. I'm sick of the adult swim era. It's boring, it's tired, it's played out. Yesterday's news. Toss that in the trash. It's time to put adult swim in the flippin' dumpster. And get on to, like, you know, actual talented comedians, like like Pete Davidson. He's really funny. I don't think I've ever seen a moment with Pete Davidson where I'm like, yeah, Pete Davidson sucks. I know what it, what it is where everyone's like, oh yeah, you just hate modern stuff. I don't hate modern stuff, I just hate shit. Like, there's plenty of movies that are coming out today, plenty of shows coming out today, that I have no issues with whatsoever. Tons. A whole bunch. But, uh, you know, I guess I guess the assumption is just made that I'm, like, bitter or something of Eric Andre's success. Imagine being jealous of Eric Andre. He's accomplished so little. He's such a pathetic, writhing little vermin. I, I don't... I, I honestly don't know who'd be jealous of the guy. you are a massive adult swim simp, then you probably won't like what I've got to offer, because I am like the complete anti-adult swim. I offer the complete opposite of what you would, of what you would get on adult swim. Um, but, you know, if, if, if you choose not to engage with my content, like the Hypnagogic Archive, on a on an ethical level, I completely understand that. I've stopped watching and engaging with a lot of content on, on an ethical basis. I don't watch Victor Salva movies because he's a pedophile. I don't watch Bill Cosby shows because he's a rapist. I don't read Harry Potter because J.K. Rowling's a transphobe. And by that same token, even if Rick and Morty was a great cartoon, it's not, but it, even if it was, I wouldn't watch it. Because Dan Harmon has publicly admitted to sexually harassing one of his employees, and I think that's a that's a less ethically defensible transgression than oh no, Nick doesn't like this comedian I like just because I don't like Eric Andre. That doesn't make me a Nazi, and I can't even imagine like how what a testament to corruption it is that Dan Harmon still has dedicated and loyal fans who are willing to defend some of the horrible, indefensible shit he's done. That guy is a, is a living maggot. Like, I really don't know who's defending Dan Harmon at this point. The guy is disgusting. And I would hope that if I did anything as disgusting and depraved and sickening and vile as Dan Harmon, there'd be someone there to, you know, hold me accountable call me out on my shit and stop supporting me. If, if I sexually harassed one of my employees, I don't have any employees, so I can't do that, but if I did, 
I would hope that people would hold me responsible for my terrible fucking actions. Like, holy shit, Dan Harmon's behavior is out of fucking control. As far as I can tell, that's just the sort of work environment that an unprofessional hipster fucking group like Adult Swim tends to foster. It's, it's, for, it's for immaturity and bullshit. Like, I just can't, like... I really just can't in good conscience go like, oh, heck yeah. Dan Harmon, yay. You know, it's the same shit that they did with Sam Hyde. I've been over all this before, but like, if your network is just hosting white supremacist propaganda, then I'm not going to want to be associated with your network. Like, fuck you. I'm sure Adult Swim would love to have some of my content on there so they could make bank off me. You know, but I'm not going to do that, because I have integrity. You will never see one of my videos or one of my artworks on Adult Swim. Sorry. Just on an ethical basis. So if, you, if, if you're if you a huge sucker for Adult Swim, you will not like my comics. That's a guarantee. You just won't. So you're better off trying some other comics. You know, try try the... Like... That's just the thing, right? You know, every... Everyone says that everyone's entitled to their opinion, yet when I express my opinions about Eric Andre or whatnot, they're like, you can't express that opinion. And they say my opinion's unfounded, even though I understand comedy more than they do, even though I understand media more than they do. Uh, you know, and they're just as entitled to their opinion as I am to mine, according to their model. But if I'm not entitled to my opinion, then that kind of defeats the whole purpose, doesn't that? If I face backlash just for saying that to enjoy Eric Andre, you have to be, like, crazy. Because the guy sucks. I'll say that as much as I want, you know? I just will. And if, if, I, if I'm less popular because of it, then that's fine. I'm not a charismatic suck-up like Eric Andre. I speak my mind, I say what I want, and I'm not dishonest. Just for the point of, you know, achieving clout or whatever. There are better things to achieve in life than clout. For instance, respect. And you can only achieve respect with integrity. And that's something Mr. Andre does not have. I, however, have a basic level of integrity. That's what keeps me on the straight and narrow. Dedicated to producing the greatest content. Eric Andre clearly doesn't have that. I do pity him. Like I said, he looks like the result of a Slim Jim taking a dump. Or, uh, yesterday I said he looked like a deep-fried Cheeto that uh, got dipped in iodine. And, uh, I stand by that, too, you know? He, he, if he can't handle a good, solid roasting, then he shouldn't have gotten into the comedy game, because I can roast him up. I can roast and toast him like a bag of salted peanuts at the gosh dang county fair, let me tell ya. Like, Eric Andre, more like, uh, more like... Eric Cringe, more like Eric, more like Eric Cringe, Cringerama. Am I right? There you go. There's a fun roasting of the guy. I also made a funny meme about about Eric Andre. I just don't like the guy. You know, hopefully nobody uh, boycotts Hypnagogic Archive just on the basis of that I don't like the exact same comedians they like or whatever. You know, not everyone is going to like the same shit. I'm, I'm my own person with my own thoughts and views and takes on things. And I just happen to like 
Adam Sandler type comedy over Eric Andre type comedy because I enjoy sincerity. Uh, I appreciate honesty, straightforwardness. And, uh, you know, I suppose... Uh, you know, I, I suppose there are some out there who just won't like me because of how uh, I... I pick apart things I don't like, but that's just something I've done for, like, what, uh, my entire life? My entire life I've been analyzing and studying media and thinking critically and analytically about it. It's what I do. And I, I'm not going to give Eric Andre a pass. I find the guy annoying as fuck. I think he's lame. That's just my that's just my opinion. It's an educated opinion with a lot going for it, considering that I've seen like a lot of good comedies, like Wayne's World, but you know Tell me nutty, I suppose. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me to my face that I'm just crazy and whatever and you know, but uh it's uh, it, it really is stupid to to have a controversy over a fucking adult swim celebrity who just drools and shits on camera, and then he's like, Wow, hey, Jake Gyllenhaal, I know you're here for an interview, but did you notice how I just chat on my desk? And Jake Gyllenhaal's like, Yeah, I, I guess so, Eric. And Eric's like, Yeah, I did. Doesn't that make you uncomfortable? Aren't I a weirdo? I, I'm, just not, I'm just not into that style of comedy, so, you know. Whatever. If you're into that style of comedy, you're freaking. You are one. You you are missing some marbles. But you know, whatever. If that's your thing, if that's your bag, then go for it. You watch Eric Andre all you want. Nobody's stopping you. I can't stop you. Preferably, you could be spending your time more wisely watching Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler most freaking hilarious movie, but go ahead and watch Eric Andre take a dump or toot someone or whatever he does to get attention. It's so repetitive and boring and annoying. Anyway. So yeah, and uh, someone sent me some, some screenshots of something some fellows said over in the Hypnagogic Archive server. Uh, a response to this controversy. Um, so I figure I'll just respond to it here. Uh, the first thing that was said is, Holy shit, this Nicholas guy is not at all what I expected. He creates a cool ARG, but he's such an asshole literally all the time. How can somebody that talented be such a dick? Uh, well, you know, I, I got news for you. A lot of talented, really creative geniuses throughout history uh, were kind of assholes. That's, that's well documented. Uh, they're not always the most, you know, charismatic, family-friendly, fake, smiley, fucking hugs and handshakes personalities. You know, that's just kind of, that's just kind of an Eric Andre thing. Uh, Andy Warhol's a good example, right? The guy, the guy, from what we know of contemporary accounts, was not that much fun to talk to. He was kind of a snarky dipshit. Uh, but he was really talented and really interesting. So that kind of made up for the lack of charisma he had. Uh, just that he was, like, really cool and really talented and really interesting. 
Um, not that I am trying to emulate Andy Warhol or anything. I wouldn't say I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm unlikable on his level exactly, but uh, yeah, a ton of, a ton of like really talented, well-respected people, especially within the art world. We're not the, we're not like the most fun to talk to or whatever, you know, most of them are like really out there, you know, but I guess that's just kind of a, a mythological perception we kind of have of a lot of celebrities that, like, they'd be really, uh, you know, uh, or, like, really, like, talented people. Because not all talented people are even celebrities. And I could do what Eric Andre does. I could probably just walk up to Miley Cyrus and be like, Hey, you had a miscarriage. And Miley Cyrus is like, What? Uh, no, I didn't. And I'm just like, Yeah, you did. It's literally just the Eric Andre formula. It's so boring. Uh, but anyway, like... Yeah, plenty of people who are, are uh, talented are not the most pleasant to talk to, and some of them are straight up, like, wacky. Like, you know, I really doubt, like, a conversation with someone who's really talented, like Man Ray or something, would go like like a conversation with, like, Eric Andre. Two completely separate fields, you know, two completely different uh, stuff. For whatever reason, in the screenshot here, they put my name in quotation marks. This Nicholas guy. Uh, that is my legal name, so no need to put that in quotation marks. That's, that is my name. And I am the creator of Hypnagogic Archive. Um, so yeah, just, a, just uh, that's... Them's the facts. Sorry if you can't accept that. I, you know. Um, anywho, then, then the next bit. Anybody else think about what everyone was concerned about it? I hope this doesn't end with an ad for his comics, and then he goes and puts pieces of the story in his comics. Am I the only one seeing this shit? He literally said to read the Divine Tapestry for clues about Hypnagogic Archive. Well, yeah, Hypnagogic Archive isn't even over yet, and it's also not an ad for Divine Tapestry. Um, it's its own self-contained narrative. You don't have to read Divine Tapestry to understand Hypnagogic Archive, really. And by the same token, you don't have to read Hypnagogic Archive to understand Divine Tapestry. You could just as easily say that Hypnagogic Archive uh, is being advertised by Divine Tapestry. You know, they all kind of advertise each other. They're all set in the same, like, universe. You don't need to read all of them. If you do read all of them, it'll give you a fuller picture of the, of the whole entire narrative, but you can just read one and understand it. You don't, read to ne you don't need to read Divine Tapestry to understand it in God Archive. They're two separate stories. They just happen to, to share some ideas and the like. Um, but yeah, it, it's not an ad for my comics, and there are so many other ARGs that just end up being an ad for something. Like, there's probably a fucking Taco Bell ARG. But obviously all of those are very corporatized and out of touch and don't understand ARG culture, which I do because I'm very familiar with the medium. I've consumed a ton of ARGs uh, over over the course of my... Uh, experience, and uh, I am intimately familiar with the medium, and I think it deserves respect. 
But there's a ton of ARGs that are just giant ads for shit. If I remember, there was a, an ARG that went along with the release of the new game Cyberpunk 2077. Um, and plenty of people played that, and plenty of people, from what I hear, enjoyed it, you know. But I'm not a gamer, so there's not gonna- I, I can make one guarantee to you, and that's that there's not gonna be a Hypnagogic Archive video game at the end of all this. Hypnagogic Archive stands on its own as a collection of little video pieces and short stories, and, you know, if, if you don't like literature, if you don't like uh, good editing, then you, you just won't like Hypnagogic Archive. It's not the ARG for you. It's not video game themed. It's not video game centered. I'm not a gamer. I don't play a single... I don't play any video games. So, there's not going to be any of that. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think ARGs should stand on their own as an interactive medium without video games. Uh, but there are a ton of ARGs that are ads for video games. It just so happens that my ARGs could be interpreted as ads for my comics. But you don't need to buy my comics. That's why I literally gave the fellows over on the Hypnagogic Archive server a free copy of Divine Tapestry and said, Hey, you can take pictures of this. Spread it around. Tell people what's up. Go ahead. It'll help you understand the story better. I did not ask to be paid at all. I shipped it entirely for free. You know? Because I just... I just think if you've dedicated this much time to Hypnagogic Archive, the least you deserve is a basic rudimentary understanding of Divine Tapestry. Because it's also a really great comic. But you don't need to read Divine Tapestry to understand Hypnagogic Archive. You don't. There, there are clues about Hypnagogic Archive and Divine Tapestry and vice versa, but you don't need them. I'm going to tell you that right now. You don't need to read Divine Tapestry to understand Hypnagogic Archive. It, it's not an ad, and I, I'm just kind of disappointed by that, you know. There are, there are, like I said, a ton of ARGs that just care about the money or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, I was planning on connecting Divine Tapestry and Hypnagogic Archive since, like, fall of last year. So, anyone who's coming in just around spring, after Wendigoon dropped his videos, like, I always planned for these two stories to be connected, so it's not like there's anything new. You're late on the action, you know, you're, you're late, you're late to the, you're, you're kind of late to the, to the, the action so like you know this this story was planned out long in advance I'll, I'll say that much and like i i have put so much time and effort into thinking everything out like thinking everything through um that like th there's i just find it insulting that some be like oh how dare you connect Divine Tapestry and Hypnagogic Like, yeah, they're connected. They're, they're, they share a universe. They put out my video on the alternate state sequence in, like, January or December. So, like, yeah, this has been in the works for some time. It, it, it's not an ad for the comic, and the comic isn't an ad for Hypnagogic Archive and vice versa. You know, I've been... I've been told that I should start a Patreon for Hypnagogic Archive, I'm not going to do that.
because I really don't need money to see my vision through. I would have written these stories and made these videos whether or not I got a ton of exposure and a bunch of videos were made about them because it's a cool story and it should be told. And that's my main priority first and foremost. I don't need money to make Divine Tapestry because all I need for it is pens and pencils and paper and that stuff is really cheap. I don't need any money for Hypnagogic Archive because it's just all on the internet. That's free, you know? So, like, yeah. Uh, I don't need money. Someone said, you know, you should start a Patreon. I don't agree with the business model Patreon offers, but if you do want to support my efforts monetarily, which I'd be all too happy to permit, you know, I, in fact, I encourage it, you want to get your hands on some Hypnagogic Archive swag, then go ahead. Write to Nicholas Cicada, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, 80206. You can get a copy of the Hypnagogic Archive's tape, or you can get, you can get a tapestry. I have a lot more surprises in the works, so just hang tight, you know, I'll, I'll get them out. Uh, but my, but my motivation here, again, is not money. I am trying to create an exciting, interactive story to enjoy. I, for one, don't buy into the concept of death of the artist, death of the author. I don't think you can separate the art and the artist. I think the art is a, is inevitably a reflection of the perspective and life experience of the artist. Um, so, by default, all the characters and all the stuff in Hypnagogic Archive is an extension of who I am as a person and an artist. And while I do try to imbue my characters with interesting perspectives which aren't necessarily my own, they are, you know, they are all extensions of my consciousness. Like, that's a point of art, is self-expression, so... You know, if, if you don't like who I am and you don't like what I've said or whatever, then you probably won't like the Hypnagogic Archive because it is an expression of myself. You know, but it, it, it it's entirely up to you whether or not you want to keep playing. You don't have to if you don't want to. I wouldn't put it past you. I've dunked on Eric Andre pretty hard. I don't know if that's a reason not to enjoy a fun ARG, but if you see it as such, then you know, whatever. I, I, I don't know. You know, I never expected this level of exposure, of, of widespread recognition. I'm happy to have it, but I, I'm not going to change my vision just to, like, not, you know. And, again, the Eric Andre is completely irrelevant to Hypnagogic Archive, so I have no idea that should even be taken into account. My thoughts on Eric Andre have nothing whatsoever to do with this awesome, cool story I'm telling. But, you know. I guess some people just want to, you know, hold me accountable and can't separate the art from the artist, and if you can't do that, then that's fine. Now, I agree. I think the death of the author is complete bullshit. I think you need to accept art as the product of fallible people and not as its own, like, separate entity or whatever the death of the author posits, I think that, yeah, the Hypnagogic Archive is a very Nicholas-type product, as I made it. So it's going to be like that, you know? So, yeah. Uh, 
It's my intellectual property. I can do what I want with it. Uh, but I'm going to try and make it as, as satisfying and interesting as possible for those of you who've stuck around, because I do legitimately respect you. Even if you are an Eric Andre fan, just for enjoying my work, I respect that, you know? I do respect anyone who's, who's uh, taken the time to check out Hypnagogic Archive. I do. I respect that. Even if you have shit taste in comedy and you dunk on Adam Sandler and you, and you simp for Eric Andre super hard, I respect that you've taken the time to check out Hypnagogic Archive. I do respect that at the end of the day. Another screenshot from the Hypnagogic Archive server here. I'm glad this is an accepted fact. I find it incredibly irresponsible that he is using web rings full of real people for his ARG. It leads to people like us, this is not an indictment of anyone here, we can't really be blamed, interrupting their peaceful lives on the internet by pestering them about the ARG. One of the blogs has a new front page that links to an explanation of how they're not linked to the ARG, and that it's really upsetting for them when they're asked that. Not to mention any number of individuals who may already suffer with derealization, and such which could be exacerbated by people coming along and accusing them of being game characters. As much as it adds to the authentic old internet feel, that's no excuse, and even if it breaks immersion, he could have added a disclaimer that said, no one else in either of these rings is related. Even if it wouldn't deter everyone, it would at least mitigate the problem some. Here's the thing, right? Is I joined those web rings way before the Windigoon videos came out. Like, I've been... I've, the Hypnagogic Archive website has been on those web rings since, like... November or something. Just like how I said, you know, I've been planning this out long in advance. I didn't I didn't even really need to put the web rings on there, but I did because I am legitimately interested in a ton of those websites and I really like a lot of them. And I frequent them regularly and I leave comments on some of their guest books and stuff just like, "Hey, this website's cool as shit." Cuz I really do like I like a ton of those websites, just seriously, not even in character or anything. They're great websites. And a web ring is a great tool for cross-promotion and, you know, sharing cool websites that you enjoy or with a common motive or whatever. And I don't know how that could be interpreted as me being a dick. I've given so much traffic to a ton of cool sites that really deserve it. The, the guy after me... Shifter or whatever, he's, he's such a cool guy. He, he he reached out to the Hypnagogic Archive like, hey, it's so cool that, that we're next door and you've brought so much traffic to my website. I think his website has like one million hits or something now, which is like ten times what the, what the Hypnagogic Archive has. I think that's cool as shit. He deserves it. His website's awesome. I really doubt like he sees it as much of an issue because he's getting so much traffic. I think that's, you know, not as bad as, like, a couple people being like, hey, are you part of this ARG? If, if, if you are, you can just say no. Like, you know, like, I think it, it is on the part of the players to, to recognize that, like, not everyone on a, on a web ring is going to be part of the same ARG. 
That's like saying that everyone on a on the pages of a Google search result would be part of an ARG. Now, a web ring, it's not just to have the old internet feel. It's not just for a retro aesthetic. It's because I legitimately enjoy the community it offers and the, you know, really interesting websites that are on there. It's fantastic stuff. Website, web rings are just a great thing to participate in if you own a website because it offers cross-promotion and mutual benefit between website owners. And I think that's great. And I, I'm happy to have brought a ton of traffic to these to these websites, you know. But it's not my responsibility to tell people what is and isn't a part of the ARG. I wouldn't say that nothing on them is part of the ARG because Filthy Treatise is part of it. It's on the web ring, so that not that wouldn't be true if I put something on Hypnagogic Archive that was like none of the sites on these web rings are part of it. And some of the other ones might be too. I won't say which ones, but just go just go by your better judgment. You know, if something doesn't look like it's part of the ARG, it's probably not. Leave it alone. How simple is that? You don't have to act on your weird assumptions. If something isn't part of it, it's just not part of it. I just think web rings are cool. It, it's not just like, oh, it's an old internet thing. It's supposed to be retro. Much like how I have a legitimate appreciation and respect for VHS, and don't just use VHS to be retro, I use web rings because I think they're a great tool, you know? Not just because they're retro, I think they're, like, useful. They're actually, like, helpful in discovering new and interesting websites. For, like, a collective, you know, shared link thing. It, it, it's great, it, it really is, if you own a website, seriously, just add it Add it on to a web ring, you'll get more traffic that way. As for the point about some people having derealization, I'm not accountable for if someone who runs a website has a mental problem. You know, if you if you if you have derealization, then sorry about that. That legitimately is sad, but you know, it, it has nothing to do with my ARG, so. Now, like, I get that people have mental issues out there, not to judge or anything, but, you know, I just put my website on a web ring. And like I said, when I put it on the web ring, I had no idea it was going to get as big as it has. I was just like, oh, I'll put my website on a web ring. I didn't know that it'd get, like, a ton of traffic and a ton of people being like, hey, are you part of the ARG? No, so, if you are playing Hypnagogic Archive and having fun with it and following along, I won't say whether or not there are other websites on the web ring that are a part of it, because that kind of ruins the fun. Half the fun is discovering new elements of it. Uh, I, I will say this much, you haven't found all of it. But, if there's just, like, a guy, and he's just like, hey, this is my blog... And there's nothing on there that indicates, like, that it, it, it shares the universe with Hypnagogic Archive or anything. Just don't assume it does. Like, if there is something that shares the universe with Hypnagogic Archive, it'll be very upfront and blatant about it. So you, you don't even need to worry about it. Don't, don't bother people, you know. But if you, if you do legitimately enjoy one of the websites, then go ahead and say, you know, I enjoy this website. I found it through Hypnagogic Archive. Just don't pretend like everyone's in I, because not everyone is. I'll just say that much, you know. Just exercise your better judgment when you're browsing the internet. That seems to be a skill people have lost these days for whatever reason, but, you know, 
just don't assume everything is what what it, what you think it is. You know, sometimes things are just what they appear to be. Sometimes a web ring is just a web ring. It be physically impossible for me to have made all the websites on both of those web rings, but they're really cool. They're really cool websites, and if I, I feel like if I took the links down or I, like I I ruined it, you know, it. it it'd be kind of a, that'd be way more of a jerk move, because, like, don't people want people to, you know, check out their websites? The Nagagak Archive helps with that, because it brings in a ton of traffic. You know, just saying. But there are, like, some bizarre theories. Like, I think someone said that, uh, this guy, Zachary Zolman, who has, I think, uh, a blog after... Hypnagogic Archive. Someone put forward a theory on a. Uh... Oh yeah, it was on um uh, on Reddit, which again Reddit probably doesn't have the best theories. I'd suggest the Hypnagogic Archive's Discord server. But there's just uh, this random guy, Zachary Zolman. He's just like a just like a college nerd or something, and uh... they 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 really like overthought it like if you look up the meaning of the name Zachary Zolman you get some pretty interesting meanings Zachary means God remembers or he remembers while Zolman is a German surname meaning that what is counted or told which play heavily into this ARG as a whole Zach's full name meaning he remembers what is counted or told which is a lot of what the archives are doing with videos and what El and with Ellis as whole on top of that if you look into Zachary's classes you start to see he has started studies on biochemistry. When clicking on different links, you see he has worked with fungus and molds, which seems to be a big factor with some videos, especially the one in the tunnels and the fridge. Clicking through his posts, he has different websites, and this whole website as a whole just reads very oddly. He does have something that state, please note that I am not responsible for the content of my web ring neighbors, including Hypnagogic Archive, so make of that what you will. He means exactly what he's saying. That he's not Hypnagogic Archive and he's not associated with it. You know, so I, I am going to say this much. If you do make bad assumptions about what's involved with it and what's not, then that is kind of on you, because you're bad interpretation. But don't worry, because anything that is associated with Hypnagogic Archive will be pretty blatant. It will be pretty noticeable, you know. Like, I'm not going to bullshit you. And... No, it's just nice. I think it's great to see that a lot of people. Oh, we got uh, we got Inver on here. Any questions? About an hour in here. Hi there. Any questions? Just discussing the uh, yeah hypnagogic archive stuff this week. And of course, I was able to get those interviews with uh, some of Denver's local bands at the uh, Larimer Lounge. That was really exciting. Talked to Conrad Nada, Addy Tonic, and the like. Great night. Fantastic event, really. Anyway, any questions? It was exciting to, to conduct a piece of music journalism on that level. Very, uh, very interesting. Have some questions or just there to listen? I'm currently uh, responding to some of the reactions fellows have had over on the Hypnagogic Archive server because 
last night, as you may have read, there was a bit of a controversy where I where I dunked on uh, Eric Andre, famous Adult Swim celebrity, and uh, you know a lot of people like the guy. Uh, so, for whatever reason, I guess some people just can't accept that like I don't like a comedian they like or vice versa. So it's caused a bit of a stir amongst the fellows in the hypnagogic archive, and some of them, not all of them, but uh, a, a small fraction is trying to say that like I'm a I'm a jerk or something. But you know they're 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 very sensible fellows, and I'm sure they'll. Uh, eventually get that I didn't mean anything too harsh by saying that Eric Andre was uh, was a brainless hack or whatever I said. Uh, anyway, so one criticism is that uh, I, I shouldn't put Hypnagog Archive and Web Rings and, like, someone could have derealization. What is derealization? Is that like a like a dissociative identity disorder or whatever. No, I, I fully acknowledge that plenty of people have mental problems, but I, I, I can't be all responsible for that. Your realization is a mental state where you feel detached from your surroundings. People and objects around you may seem unreal. Interesting. Even so, you're aware that this altered state isn't normal. More than half of all people may have this disconnection from reality once in their lifetime. And the bot says the bot says it's recording, but on the other hand, it says it's not recording. This bot's really confusing. I'm not such a big fan of it. Let's see how that goes. Oh, okay, seems to be recording. The bot cuts out, like, all the time. Everyone tells me that, like, I should just put complete faith in digital stuff, but this bot is shit at recording. Like, just it just is. I'd never have this problem if I was just recording my voice onto tape. My tape deck would never fucking fail me like this, but... You know, I suppose that's just the limitations of digital technology, which some people really aren't willing to admit. I don't know thanks computers are like immune from from evolving or changing over time or decaying over time. I have no illusions about my computer. Like I am sure that in 20 years I'll have to get a new computer cuz this one will be full of dust and shit, but exactly the same as a VCR or like any other appliance. I guess a lot of people who are Big fans of, like, digital technology seem to completely disregard the law of entropy, which I find pretty strange. It, it, it's a bizarre sort of denial. Anyhow, I figured we'd uh, end this episode off with just a quick little uh, interview. I, I know I said I was going to revisit the human rights campaign, but I'm kind of bored with that. And considering the subject... Of uh, this week's episode is Eric Andre. I figured I'd uh, read this interview with Eric Andre. You know, because during the Q&A, I like reacting to articles and the like. I'm not going to watch every episode of the Eric Andre show here on the Q&A, because I'd be bored out of my mind. But I think interviews do offer kind of a fascinating insight into the uh, mental state of a given celebrity, the 
the perspectives therein. I might be interviewed sometime, and uh, look forward to that. But let's see this uh, Eric Andre. Let's see this Eric Andre interview here. The world's first ever 24-hour Adult Swim channel is now available in Canada and is engaging viewers around the clock through its bold and irreverent voice and diverse slate of new and returning animated comedies and live-action programming, including the hilarious and unpredictable The Eric Andre Show. Here's the thing about being predictable. If you do the same thing every single episode, like prank a celebrity or whatever, even if it's wacky and out of left field, it becomes predictable because everyone knows exactly what to expect. So everyone is going to assume when they walk into a room with Eric Andre that he's going to prank everyone, because that's just what he's known for. He doesn't switch things up. He has no range and no versatility. Like, Adult Swim being irreverent. Like it's the fucking onion or something. I find that really funny. It's like saying, hey... You heard of this obscure band? It's called Fallout Boy. You've probably never heard of it. It's probably way beyond your... ...cultured enough to have heard of Fallout Boy. Uh, anyway. Uh, it says there's a diverse slate of new and returning animated comedies, but there really isn't because it's all Californian hipster shit. I find it funny that this article is about the introduction of Adult Swim to Canada, because I think the exact opposite of Adult Swim is actually the film board of Canada. They put out some amazing freaking cartoons that are so underrated and so obscure, but they're all really good. And unlike Adult Swim, which only captures a Californian perspective, the film board of Canada captures a really diverse range of Canadian perspectives, outlooks, and just, like, it, they're the best cartoons. I remember I got, like, a VHS tape of, like, five different Canadian cartoons when I was young. And, man, that made an impression on me, because they're just so good. They're all so different and so weird. Like, weird in a really good and fun way. It's kind of like the opposite of Adult Swim. Because the thing about Canada is, they really respect their, like, heritage and, and nationality. And, like, for instance, they have a rule that says, you know, you can't put, like, like 30% of music on the radio has to be Canadian. You know, so a lot of Canadians get exposed to, like, Russian stuff. I think that's awesome, you know. But, like, so with, with the Film Board of Canada, you get a ton of, like, you know, Inuit animation and, like, Quebecois animation. Just, like, really cool and sophisticated shit. Complete opposite of Adult Swim. If anyone out there is, you know, tells me I just like hate on every cartoon, uh, the Film Board of Canada is an example of like the animation and cartoons that I am absolutely down with. That shit is awesome. Check out, check out some cartoons from uh, Film Board of Canada sometime. They're really, really good. They're like the they're like the anti Adult Swim. I think if the Film Board of Canada and Adult Swim were like if they like met in a room. It end up in a black hole because they're so different. On board of Canada just puts out like cool, cool flipping cartoons. Anyway, continuing on with this article. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with the host of the Eric Andre show, Eric Andre, about memorable moments 
what to expect from his guests, and he even surprised us with the connection to his next project, the hugely anticipated live-action Disney's The Lion King, in which he plays one of the three spotted hyenas, Azazi, alongside Florence Kasumba and Keegan-Michael Key. Oh yeah, Key is one of the hyenas, isn't he? Equally untalented comedian. Actually, I might say Eric Andre's a little less talented. A little more like Berg and Bin Shovel Thump. Uh, he's like... You know, it's the same with, like, John Oliver, you know? He was in the, the new Lion King. Like, you don't get to say, like, John Oliver and Eric Andre are, like, these bold irreverent voices of the rebellion when they're starring in like this bloated cgi nightmare atrocity dumpster fire crap you know it's so weird i don't think these people know what what irreverent means i don't think they know what like actual satire means it's actual satire when i say that eric andre looks like a deep fried cheeto dipped in iodine but like anything above that that's just like basic basic ass, you know, run of the mill freaking generic Walmart jokes. Uh, anyway, the following is a condensed and edited version of our interview with the maniacal and yet kind of sweet Eric Andre. Iodine is like the uh you know it's it's the chemical with like the Yeah, you can't say that. I have said it. I've actually uh, messed around with iodine sometimes. I think it's I think it's a component in some like uh, science experiments, kind of like baking soda and vinegar. It's pretty fun stuff, like pure iodine. I think you can just buy it places. It's a pretty interesting chemical. So Eric Andre could interpret that as a compliment if he wanted. Uh, the the maniacal Eric Andre, like he's, man, like he's so he's so crazy, so out of left field. Uh, congratulations on the huge success of your show. I'm curious, has this show changed the way that you feel about participating in interviews yourself? Eric says, I'm paranoid when I walk into an interview because I feel like karma is waiting around the corner. Or someone has the idea like, ha 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 ha, I'm going to torture this guy back, see how he likes it. But it's never really happened. There has been a couple of attempts, but I'm typically so much more experienced in the torture business than the interviewer that I put the kibosh on it pretty quickly. So I'm not truly malicious or sadistic, I'm trying to make captivating television. Laughs. It doesn't always work, but I try, and I'm just razzing people. I don't really want to hurt nobody, as they say. Maybe if he did, maybe if he actually dedicated himself to his perceived role as a prankster, it'd be more entertaining. But I don't think you make captivating television by staging all your pranks. Like, they're all so fake. So obviously fake. It's no different from FouseyTube or Matt Haas. I don't know where Eric Andre gets off. I think the best way of torturing Eric Andre or putting a fast one over on him or, you know, really getting at him uh, would be to cancel his piece of shit show and make sure he never gets another gig in Hollywood ever again. But I don't think that's going to happen, so uh, settle for whatever you can get. What was the moment in which the show sort of fell into place? 
the next question says. Eric Andre says, well, the show continues to evolve each season, but yeah, I feel like we found our voice. I'm not saying that I'm a master or completely self-actualized human specimen. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. You're not a master, Eric. I feel like this show has a distinct point of view. It really doesn't. It's the same thing Candid Camera was doing back in the 60s. Same thing Nathan for you has done way better over on Comedy Central. You know, I said this last night, I pointed to Nathan for you as, as an example of, like, a really well-executed prank show. Not just because Nathan Fielder is, like, way, way more talented than Eric Andre could ever hope to be. Also, a, a much more interesting, you know, personality Nathan Fielder's got. Because the pranks on Nathan for you just seem much more, like, genuine. Even if they are staged. You know, they might be staged. I think the appeal of Nathan for you comes from the fact that you have to, like, question that. You have to question whether or not they're staged. Eric Andre's show is fake as shit. You can just tell. Yeah, they're just faking this entire thing. It's just so fake. You'd have to be, like, really naive to assume that Eric Andre has legitimately ever surprised or, you know, put one over on anyone. He's not freaking Andy Kaufman. He's, he's, he's Eric Andre. You know, he's, he's, He's boring. Anyway. What sort of reactions are you seeking? It's the best when the guests don't get it at all, and react in an organic way to not getting it all. We don't do fake reactions. They're not reacting. It is real. Yeah, whatever you say, Eric. It is a Satcha Baron Cohen approach, like we are out for results. Oh yeah, there's another example of someone who's way better at pranks. I'd rather watch the, the, the Allier show any day over Eric Andre's show. Eric Andre just keeps pointing to, like, more talented people who are better at what they do. Satchel Baron Cohen is British, so, like... Yeah, you know, it, it, it is legitimately sad, the... the bottom of the barrel to which, uh... They're not Allier. That's the YouTuber, Ollie G. Satchel Baron Cohen's, like, Satchel Baron Cohen's a way better prankster than Eric Andre. And, like, I have no doubt that the Ollie G show, some of the reactions on there are real. Because, like, he interviews, you know, like, industry experts. And, like, you know, really out-of-touch people who wouldn't know that... Ollie G is Satchel Baron Cohen. Most of them don't know that. The same way most of the business owners, Nathan, for you, don't know that Nathan Fielder is a goofster. Nathan Fielder's really good at pretending like he's just a, a business advisor. He's really good at that. Like, here's the thing, right? When you make a prank show, you want to make sure that your targets aren't aware they're being pranked. So, like, you know, when you cut, when you when you come up on like. You come up on like you know a, a, a like a you know like the Ollie G show works because he interviews like you know tobacco company executives and like people who work at like IBM, which aren't the same demographic statistically who'd watch you know the Ollie G show. You have to make sure the demographic you're targeting with your pranks and the demographic who are viewing your pranks are separate so you can, like, laugh at the people getting pranked. That's the point of a prank show. 
But Eric Andre exclusively interviews and pranks celebrities who know he's going to prank them ahead of time. Therefore, you can't have any real reactions with that because they all know who Eric Andre is and what his deal is ahead of time before they come on. It's just boring. Like, yeah, Satcha Baron Cohen, the Ollie G show freaking works. That's a good, that's a, Eric Andre is just destroying himself here by pointing out people who are way better at the kind of shit he tries to do. And he is completely derivative of them, like, shamelessly. Shamelessly. He pretends like he's doing all this new shit. There's nothing he does that Ollie G didn't do better. Uh, question. You made Lauren Conrad walk off the set, correct? Yes, and I interviewed the rapper T.I., and he walked off the set. My goal isn't to make someone walk off the set, but that is definitely an emphatic reaction to the interviews. That's probably stage two. T.I. was probably just like, Hey, if you pay me extra, then I'll walk off the set. And Eric's like, Okay, sure. How about I come on with a with a fake axe buried in my head, and I'm like, oh no, someone axed me. It's so pathetic, basic trash. Like, it's, it's so dumb. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and then the question, what about when you bring in guests that you already know and who are expecting to be roasted? Then Eric Andre's like, you know, there's a couple of people to whom we couldn't say no just because they were such A-list celebrities and it just wouldn't feel good. Jack Black and Seth Rogen had watched the show, but they don't know what I am going to do to them, so the reactions are still genuine. But for the most part, people are coming in completely blind, and they don't even know my name. So I would say that 99% of the guests are walking into a psychological torture dungeon, like I'm like Jigsaw from the Saw movies. That's so... That that can't be right. There's no way 99% of the people who who go on the Eric Andre show don't know what the Eric Andre show is. It's like when people say that Rick and Morty is obscure. Fuck off. It's just not. You, you can't tell me that the Eric... I wouldn't even say, like, the Ollie G show is obscure. It's better. It's not obscure. You don't know what you don't know what obscurity is, Eric. You're an A-list celebrity. What the fuck are you talking about? You've completely replaced the actually funny comedians like Adam Sandler with your brand of hipster dreck. Ah, it's like the only reason he he doesn't the only reason he doesn't turn Jack Black and Seth Rogen down is just because they're A-list celebrities just goes to show what a pandering little, like, sellout Eric is. Like, he, he doesn't do it for, like, you know, small celebrities, because they don't give him the exposure, they don't give him the clout. Fuck those smaller celebrities. Jack Black and Seth Rogen, though, yeah, let's have them on, they'll draw in the crowds. Or Jack Black. I feel sorry for Jack Black. Put up with Eric Andre's shit. Ah, poor Jack Black. Jack Black is actually funny. And again, nothing against celebrities on the Eric Andre show, you know? Paycheck's a paycheck. And if if it's what it takes to make you appear cool and relatable to the kids, then 
right ahead, but just rest assured that, like, in five years, nobody's going to take Eric Andre seriously. He's going to get old. He has no range. He has no versatility. He has no application outside of just doing all this fake shit and expecting people to go, Oh my god, Eric! I didn't expect this! Uh, here we go. Okay, he's like, I'm like Jigsaw. No, you're not, Eric. You're you're not Jigsaw. You wish you were. Yeah. You <laughs> you he, he, he wishes he was a psychological torture dungeon. Maybe it's just a psychological torture dungeon because of how shit at comedy Eric Andre is, like how pathetically unfunny he is. Maybe maybe the joke is that he's just he, he's just like shit that he just like sucks. Maybe it's self-deprecating humor. Maybe that's it. You know, maybe 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 like with Tim and Eric's awesome show, the joke is just like we fucking suck at being comedians. We're incompetent. We're terrible. Our jokes are shit. I'm not I'm not one, I'm not much for that type of comedy, you know. I, I I prefer watching actually talented people who actually like spend the time uh caring about the jokes they tell, but you know, maybe I'm an outlier there. Next question. What about this the off the set material? That's filmed separately, right? Uh Andre says, "So the street stuff is filmed in New York and the studio stuff is shot on a sound stage in LA." So yeah, we continue to do the street pranks in New York. Uh again, just the least diverse uh, perspectives possible, just like, "Yeah, our show is shot in the two biggest cities in America that are the only two cities anyone knows." We do the street pranks in New York, and we do the the other part in Los Angeles. But you haven't heard of that obscure shit. You probably haven't heard of Los Angeles. It's a really obscure city. You wouldn't get it. Hipster shit. Hipsters hipsters too much. I'm sure there are plenty of hipsters who aren't into Eric Andre. What about getting recognized from the on-the-street bits? Andre says, Sometimes we get recognized, and I have to walk around the corner, wait for a beat, and then walk back. The good thing about filming in New York is that pedestrians aren't so fleeting. It's just like a wave of people. There's like tidal waves of humanity walking down the street at all times. And a lot of times, I'm in disguise. I'm dressed as Ronald McDonald. I'm dressed as, like, a human potato, so yes, my anonymity is being chipped away at, and it doesn't stop us. I mean, look at Impractical Jokers. Those guys are widely successful right now, and they continue to shoot in New York every day. They come into that problem, too, in which they get recognized every once in a while. I'm not shooting in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, pranking hipsters, because then I'll get recognized every five seconds. I'll go to the South Bronx or something. This is indicative of the weird mindset everyone has, where everyone thinks, like, every neighborhood of New York is crazy different. No, it's all just New York. It's all just the same boring, monotonous city. If you want diversity, here's an idea, Eric. You could go to street pranks in fucking Cincinnati. Have you ever seen street pranks in Cincinnati? No. That'd be new. It'd be interesting. It'd be diverse. 
if you're just doing street pranks in New York, that's where everyone's doing them. Nobody's going to react to you dressed like Ronald McDonald in New York because it's in the middle of fucking Times Square and everyone is dressed up as Tickle Me Elmo or the living M&Ms or whatever, so you're not going to, like, stand out from the crowd. But if you go to, like, you know, Milwaukee, you know, they, they'll, maybe, maybe people won't recognize you there. You know, maybe if you go to, like, Des Moines... There's an idea, Eric. You know, go try new things. You're supposed to be the, the new irreverent voice of difference, right? Go to Des Moines. There's an idea. Passing it out there for you. Oh, we don't shoot in uh, Brooklyn pranking hipsters. Eric, I don't know if, you're, uh, if you know this. You are a hipster. You've got terminal hipsterism. Again, maybe that's an insult to hipsters. Maybe, maybe, maybe hipsters don't fall for this shit. It seems like the kind of thing hipsters would be into. Poor hipsters. I I pity the hipsters. Uh, yeah. So the last question is: Does your role in Disney's The Lion King connect to the Eric Andre show? So Eric Andre is like, yeah, surprisingly it does. John Favreau was the reason I'm in. And can agree on is the Eric Andre and bonding time. Wow, that's kind of sad that the only thing John Favreau and his son can bond over is the fucking hipster clown hour. Maybe, maybe John Favreau should spend more time with his son instead of. Making these god-awful fucking CGI abominations pits. Maybe he should just spend more time with his son. Maybe, maybe, uh, that'd be a better use of his time. Eric says, That touched my heart like you wouldn't believe. I have great admiration for John Favreau. He is so grounded and sweet and smart and incredibly talented and intelligent. And the fact that he reached out to me directly and was like, you should be a hyena in The Lion King. I was like, Haha, that is the most flattering casting of which I have ever been a part. So yes, it is a direct result of the show. Yeah, but it's still not like connected to the Eric Andre show in any meaningful way. You're just voicing a hyena. I wonder if he voices the same hyena that uh, John Lasagna voiced in the original. John, John, John Leguizamo. Because he voiced one of the hyenas in the original, right? That'd make a lot of sense. Eric Andre and John Leguizamo have a lot in common. I bet, uh... And jo John Leguizamo was kind of the Eric Andre of his day. Just this annoying little dipshit. There, yeah, there really is, you know. Uh, does Eric Andre voice? They, they replaced a couple of the hyenas for like political correctness, right, or, or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna look it up. Uh, uh, Lion King cast twenty, you know, twenty nineteen versus original. Let's see. That is interesting. Derek Andre voiced the same hyena that John Leguizamo voiced. That makes so much sense. It also makes sense that John Favreau is like, Yeah! The Eric Andre show! That's the pinnacle of comedy right there! That's the bonding time I have with my son and I! 
I'm teaching my son to have shit taste in comedy. Yeah. It'd be really meta if, like, in Big Daddy, you know, with Adam Sandler, where the whole point is that he's teaching the kid to be, like, a total, you know, rascal, like Adam Sandler is. It'd be funny if there was a joke where, like, Adam Sandler flips on the TV and Eric Andre's on, and Adam Sandler's like, yeah, this is the funniest. And the kid's like, okay, yeah. That'd be a funny joke in Big Daddy, but Eric Andre didn't exist back then. Um, or the Eric Andre show didn't exist. Eric Andre existed, unfortunately. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, Lion King original, right? It got, uh... Or no. No, John Leguizamo doesn't voice... Oh no, I'm thinking of Ice Age. Yeah, I was wrong. Scratch that. I, I was wrong. John Leguizamo... What was I thinking of? I was thinking of Ice Age. But John Leguizamo voices the sloth. Oh no, it's... Cheech Marin, that's right. How'd I get confused? Like, yeah, I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong sometimes. I was wrong right there, you know, I thought John Leguizamo was wrong. I was thinking of Ice Age. Yeah, yeah that does make sense, because John Leguizamo isn't even well-known enough to be in, like, Lion King. Obviously, he's just an Ice Age. And he plays uh, Luigi in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And he plays the Violator in Spawn. Will probably be the Violator in the Spawn remake. I can count on that. Anyway, that's the uh, Eric Andre interview. He's so boring. He just has, like, no insight. He's just like, Yeah, I'm the Jigsaw Killer from Saw. And I put people in a psychological torture dungeon. And also, John Favreau is my best friend. I'm so cool. I'm Eric Andre, brah. Yeah. <laughs> and Eric Andre just sucks. He sucks serious salami. He looks like the result of a Slim Jim taking a dump. And you can take that to the bank. I said that about Eric Andre. I did. I do not like the guy. I find the guy really fucking annoying. And uh that's just my that's just my take on Eric 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 Andre, the Mr the Mr. Andre himself. I find the guy utterly without talent, utterly without redemp redemption. Indicative of the climate of modern Hollywood. Just the self-congratulatory, ego-boosting, annoying drivel. It, it has, like, no substance to it. You know what? You know what does have substance, though? Adam Sandler. That guy's funny as shit. Funny. He's so funny. I think anyone who, who doesn't appreciate the effort he puts into his roles in movies just legitimately does not appreciate talent and the wonderful goofster that is Mr. Sandler. He truly is, I would argue, the best thing to come out of 90s SNL. He's unlike Phil Hartman, who tragically died too early, or Chris Farley, who also died way too early. 
or David Spade, who hasn't really been in anything noteworthy. Adam Sandler's been in, like, a ton of movies, a shit ton of movies. All of them are great. Waterboy, Big Daddy, Happy, Happy, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Jack and Jill. Hey, don't mess with the Zohan. That's him, right? Nobody talks about you don't mess with the Zohan. It's good. I highly suggest it. He's in, uh... He's in Chuck and Larry's, and... He's in Solid Gold. And if you don't find those funny, then just, like... Screw out. You don't know what humor is. You don't know what funny is. You haven't experienced enough actual comedies. Uh, Adam Sandler is just such a... Such a likable guy. He's, he's just so cool. Anyone who says Adam Sandler isn't, like, the one of the funniest comedians alive today, along with, like, Jim Carrey, he's cemented his legacy as, as, a, as a genuine, you know, is, is dedicated to the craft. Adam Sandler is the tops, that's what I say. Mr. Snadler, this episode goes out to you if you are, if you happen, through some divine circumstance, to be listening I will always be a fan of your work. You are truly the, the Chucklemeister Supreme. You are truly the, uh, the top of the heap when it comes to comedic roles. You are the most hilarious buffoon ever to grace the silver screen. One of the most. Not the most, perhaps, but one of the most. Certainly. Like, socks. Anyway, yeah, you know, if everyone is entitled to their own opinion, then my opinion is that Eric Andre is annoying, he's a fucking clout-chasing buffoon, and he's going to slip into irrelevancy in, like, seven years. Nobody's going to remember who the heck he was. Nobody's going to remember who Hannibal Buress was. Who even is that? I only know about real comedians like David Allen Greer or Chris Rock, you know, call him... Call me old-fashioned or whatever, but I actually watch real comedians. I don't just watch, like, this this cringe fest where he goes around as Ronald McDonald or whatever the fuck, you know? That's so annoying. But yeah, if everyone's entitled to their own opinion, then that just happens to be my opinion. I cannot stand this guy. I think he's a... I think he's a... He's a... He's a freaking blemish on on modern entertainment i think he's just the worst just like the absolute worst there is nothing more annoying except maybe tim and eric's awesome show or i think you should leave with tim robinson why are all these guys named the same thing i've said this before but there's like two tims there's like two eric's what is up they like reproduce out of each other all these cringy fucking comedians like what what's the deal i tell you anyway so yeah that's uh that's the deal this week eric andre just is so so unfunny and boring and yeah he's so boring that said uh yeah, if 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 you're an Eric Andre fan, you you probably won't enjoy my comics.
They have a very different sensibility to them, a very different, like, style, you know, as it said. Uh... My my comic rubbish Randy crying behind the noodles is all about this new shitty low effort low brow bottom of the barrel tripe you know this this new style of comedy that's become all the rage as of late and why it doesn't really work and why like rubbish Randy is really like a just a pathetic figure who tells these shitty jokes that completely don't land he's just like oh I'm Rubbish Randy. He's a parody of Filthy Frank. Maybe in Rubbish Randy too. Yeah, that's that's true. I could make a parody of Eric Andre, like, and and call him like Eric Eric uh, Eric Folly or something, and then like. Put him alongside Rubbish Randy. I think they'd make an interesting, like, duo, you know? I think that could be really interesting, actually. There's an idea for Rubbish Randy Part 2. Because unlike Eric Andre, who claims to be a satirist, uh, I'm an actual satirist, and I actually do make fun of figures I think deserve it. I can roast uh, popular shit like nobody's business. I might do that. I might actually I might actually do that for Rubbish Randy too. Put like a an Eric Andre parody character in there just to like roast Eric Andre. That might be fun. That that might be interesting actually. Yeah. I haven't started development on Rubbish Randy 2 yet for those of you who are uh Keeping up to date with that. Very occupied with the alternate state sequence. Very occupied with Divine Tapestry Volume 2. Uh, no updates on Hypnagogic Archive, of course. I don't want to spoil anything. It's upcoming, but... Uh, I will say that... Uh, I will say that it is interesting what's upcoming. And... Uh, pretty much. And... Uh, a Rubbish Randy 2 will be a ways off, but there will be a sequel to Rubbish Randy, because I just think Rubbish Randy is the kind of character you just can't make one comic about. In fact, I'm considering a trilogy with him, because he's just... There's something about him that's so charming, especially in this day and age when people try and defend, like, Tim Heidecker and flipping Eric Andre as, like, the pinnacle of comedy... And meanwhile, they just, like, call all Adam Sandler comedies garbage across the board. And expect that to be taken as, as acceptable. I think it might be uh, interesting to return to Rubbish Randy, because he's kind of a, a masterful satirization of this modern brand of cringe comedy that's just like, Hey, I got stabbed. Look at me. I got stabbed so lame like i said last week i was planning it trying my own hand at stand-up comedy uh, this week at a public event but uh it was canceled for whatever reason so i might try i might try again all i know is that like stand-up comedy takes an insane amount of dedication and passion and conviction stand-up comedians are some of the hardest working people today to think that, like, Eric Andre gets all the credit when there's, like, tons of like, young and innovative and, like, very, like, 
boundary-pushing stand-up comedians. It honestly is sad. I hope that changes soon, you know. I, I, I see it coming, definitely, the point at which Eric Andre is no longer seen as, like, this boundary-pushing genius because he really doesn't do anything that Ollie G didn't do back in, like, 2002. Again, Ollie G shows way better. Anyway, um... Yeah, I, I could go on and on about Mr. Andre, but I just find it strange I haven't discussed him at length before now. I have discussed uh, Tim Robinson, I've talked Rick and Morty, obviously. Hours of Rick and Morty discussion. Now, that's a show I, I, I just like dunking on as hard as possible because of what shit it is. Not only because it's an insult to comedy, but because it's an insult to animation. It's an insult to science fiction, and I really do take that seriously because science fiction, one of my fave genres, I keep up with it. Rick and Morty is probably the biggest cancer on Adult Swim, but Eric Andre is definitely up there, so I'm surprised I haven't mentioned him too much before now. But yeah, the guy is just annoying. He's not funny. And you're going to say, oh, Nick, humor is subjective. Yeah, maybe it is. I don't find Eric Andre funny personally, okay? Is, is that satisfy you? There you go. Guy's annoying, and he's boring, and he should probably just quit while he's ahead and retire with his millions of dollars he's made off this shit instead of continuing to spread across our TV screens without our consent. The guy is... dull. He's dull. What would be a funny Eric Andre parody name if if and when I do make a rubbish Randy too? Eric uh Eric Hardly? No. Eric Eric Softly? No. What rhymes with Andre? I'll think of something. I'll come up with something. Unlike Mr. Andre, I am a master satirist, and if I am going at a given subject, I really do roast the heck out of it. I, I, I show no mercy to that which I disapprove of. And, uh... That's why I think my parodies are pretty effective. Rubbish Randy, still a great comic. Just a year No, a year later, I released it on April 20th. 2021, and it has stood the test of time, I think. Anywho, I've got eight minutes left, but nobody's on, so nobody will be asking the questions, so, uh, I'll just, uh, pop off now. That's, that's been my breakdown of Eric Andre. I am sorry if there are any Eric Andre hardcore stands who, uh, you know, were offended by my uh, commentary on the guy. I'm sure he can handle it. He's a famous millionaire. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he can handle a little light-hearted ribbing there. You don't need to step up to the plate for Mr. Andre and defend his honor or something. And just know that he is well-liked by a lot of people, myself not included. I cannot stand the guy, but you know I'm sure I'm sure he'd be happy to know that you personally enjoy his brand of terrible, abysmal, insufferable, whiny, insipid uh, comedy. So 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you, uh, if, if you're offended by what I said about Mr. Andre, then, I don't know, you know, you can, uh, this has happened before, you know, when I shit on Bo Burnham back in, like, 2019, everyone was like, Bo Burnham? You can't shit on Bo Burnham, and it's like, yeah, I can, I do, if you don't like it, sorry, I guess. Sharing my opinions out here, just sharing my thoughts of the day. I pers you know, where I'm coming from. It's really not petty enough to get upset over. It's not like... It's really it's really not a, that big of a deal. I just don't like Eric Andres. I think he's dumb. But, you know, uh, according to you, everyone is entitled to their opinion. So that's just my opinion. Greg Andre, screw the horse he rode in on. Rubbish Randy 2 could very well be coming out soon and could very well feature an epic SmackDown takedown of the Eric Andre brand. Because you know, I, I don't let up. I, I go in hard when I commit myself to a parody. I go, I go full speed ahead. Uh... Anyway, yeah, there's like five minutes left, but I think I'll cut it off here. Thanks for listening. Again, thank you to everyone who's been checking out the Hypnagogic Archive. More content is on the way, rest assured. Hopefully my views on some random Adult Swim celebrity hasn't, like, caused you to not enjoy the work I put out or anything. Really not worth getting that upset over. No. Unless you are Eric Andre. There's no need to get personally offended by anything I say about Eric Andre. Nothing, nothing to all the Eric Andre fans out there. Your taste in comedy is shit, and you are potentially insane. But aside from that, I'm sure you're all wonderful people. And, you know, do you. Anyway, that'll do it for this week's episode. Just thought I'd take a, take a trip into the, uh, into the weird... Uh, stupid career of Eric Andre, who is one of the greatest failures of our modern age, truly a testament uh, to the lack of talent uh, these days that Adult Swim has helped engender. Keep in mind, you'll never be seeing anything I make on Adult Swim, that's for sure. Probably approach me pin in hand like, Nicholas, you should put uh, your, your videos on Adult Swim, and I'll be like, fuck off. You're the network that hosted Sam Hyde's Million Dollar Extremes World Peace. You can fuck off with that white supremacist garbage and go back into the corporate hole you crawled out of. Anyway. Yeah, that's it for this week. And, uh, yeah, more exciting content out soon. Looking forward to that. Just thought I'd clarify a few things here and there. Just, uh, for the sake of it. Yeah, that's... That's it this week. Do you want to be on the show? Join the Nicholas Comics Discord server today. I'll answer any questions you have. You can appear in the next episode. Do you want to buy Nicholas Comics? Write to Nicholas King, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, 80206. 
Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode.